It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. It is the podcast where we decide everything that is happening in the world of video games, so you do not have to think for yourselves. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is... Mike Benotti. Hooray! Today we're going to talk about a lot of news, uh, not as many games, um, but yeah, we got there's plenty of news to make up for that. Uh, first, though, I want to thank everyone for joining us. You can get more from me and Mike at GameSpeed.com. If you have something to share with us, if you want to yell at us, you could go to GamesPlusPodcast at VentureBeat.com, email that to us. Um, and then want to uh, yell at us? Besides I, I famous ma- game developers. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, you can get us on Twitter as well, at GamesBeat or at GBDecides. Uh, if you are watching this on Facebook or YouTube, the video version, there's an audio version of the show that you could subscribe to. Uh, that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere where pods are caught. Uh, I've got a new thing in the credits here. Thank you to Carlos Ayin, who is insane in the rain music on YouTube for the use of our theme song. Uh, that very, very good theme song. Uh, finally, I'll be at PAX West later this month. I'm, uh, I'm going to be competing in that kind of funny intro website tournament thing. Uh, that's on Saturday night at 7 p.m. at PAX oh, you West. You better so not blow it. I'm going to blow it, man. It's going to be real embarrassing. What uh, if it's just every game is just Cuphead? It's going to be. It's gonna oh, be my bad. God. If it's Smash Bros., he's <laughs> suddenly be so upset. I'm, 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 I, he, I just got the email and he's like, I'm like, he put a fact in there, Greg Miller. He put a fact in there. It's like, what games are we going to be playing? He's like, you'll find out. I'm like, bitch, I need to know what the practice. <laughs> nope. None of that. That sounds yep. good. Yeah. So, uh, I might have to ask you for some pointers about like how to brush up my skills on video games in general. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Mike, what you been playing? What you been up to? Ah, oh, Dead Souls, uh, Kind of mostly it's the only big exciting thing. So I'm playing a lot of World of Warcraft and stuff. You know, there's a new Hearthstone expansion, and you know, right. not much to say about Hearthstone expansion at this point. They add new cards, and it makes the game more fun for a while. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I think you always like to take your time, kind of like seeing how it plays out over the matter of at least a couple of weeks before you really kind of give your opinion on it. So we'll check back in on uh, Hearthstone here in the next little bit, like once you get some more time with it. But how how are you finding Dead Cells? Man, Dead Cells is super good. It's a really good game, right? Don't have, uh, any, yeah. don't have any problems with that game. Yeah, what are you playing on? Switch, Switch come on. Well, I mean, so I mean, I, I I ask because the word going around right now is Switch performance is unacceptable and broken. Is it? I don't think so. I, I think didn't it's know fine. This. Sometimes people, yeah, they, they take unacceptable too far. Maybe it drops some frames. So, like, they probably watched a video from like. Uh, Tech Foundry or whatever they're called, and like yeah, saw that the Foundry. frame rate. I think they've done it yet. Yeah, yeah I don't, something I don't know. It seems completely fine to me. So yeah, I, I people are I, people are definitely talking about it a lot. Uh, the developer put a post uh, put a thing out on Reddit. I don't know if this is in the news. Um, yeah, it's not. So we'll just talk about it now. Um, they said they thought it was acceptable. They put it out, and they're like, "Hey, I guess we could be wrong." We see that you people aren't happy, so we are going to focus completely on improving uh, the optimization for this game on Switch. Uh, the problem is that they've done all of the basic stuff they can do. Now everything they're, they're going to try is time-consuming and or uh, they're not sure if it will actually make a difference. So they're going to have to kind of really go in there and start experimenting. Uh, but, I, I mean... Man, I, I, I just... I don't know. I, I haven't played a whole lot of it, but uh, I just did not notice... Yeah, here's my thing. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's a make or break. I don't think it should be the reason you decide not to get this game on the Switch. That would be absurd to me, just based on my 35 hours with the game. Uh, probably closer to 40 now at this point. I mean, uh, is it just? I've no, had no issues with it. It's just. It's, it is just frame rate, right? It's just drop frames sometimes. I don't. Uh, yeah. PS, uh, I think. Um, 
Ben Pack from Giant Bomb uh, on Twitter said that he was getting uh, lost inputs, uh, dropped inputs on when he docked it. Uh, but I'm not sure. That seems like if he was playing like those controllers can be weird if you don't put the antenna in. Remember, like remember the problems with the Joy-Con early on? Sure. It could be that. So who knows? I have not experienced that, although I mostly have been playing handheld mode. Um, but, but I mean, it's true. Yeah. In my opinion, and it sounds like in your opinion, it's plays fine on the switch. It's not a reason not to get it. But then beyond that, like, how are you finding it? Oh, it's super fun. It's great. It is. I mean, we're seeing a lot more of these kind of these roguelike games following in that. Right. Uh, was um, Rogue Legacy like really the first thing to do this? This first I, one I, I played. Think, I mean, it was, it was the big one. I, I still have never really put much time into that game. I need to go back and play it. But uh, I think it was the one that um, at least kind of popularized and maybe refined this idea to the point where tons of people played it and really loved that game. But the flavor of this is just so great. The the, the so pixels cool. are so awesome. The animations are great. The levels look cool. The backgrounds, like, it's just a really well done, like, rec- like you know, I know some people get sick of this pixel style, but whenever it's done this well, I, I would never get sick of it. It looks so good. Yeah, it's, I mean, and the, the animation is just so good. Every time you find a new weapon, it's just fun to just see right. what it looks like. It, it all it's feels so, so satisfying to you to use, mm-hmm. and all the it, the controls feel real precise, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's just super, it's just like silky smooth the entire time you're playing it. Right. I, um, I'm um i still in a place where I'm like, I know the builds that I like, but I'm still trying to like push myself to try other stuff. And I'm always looking to unlock more weapons uh, so I can like see everything that's in the game. Is that shield so I, worth it? it? This doesn't seem like worth it to instead of just having like a bow and arrow. I do not use the shield anymore, but I did find early on um, that using the greed shield, especially to get money uh, to make sure that you always had the, uh, uh, the option to buy some stuff was good. It was, it was a good way to like go early on. And the parry system is super forgiving that it's like worth just trying for a while because that is also satisfying in its own way. Um, it just, you know, it just works. Uh, anytime that exclamation point comes up, if you just hit the, uh, the button to block, it's going to do this awesome parry. And it just, there's a lot of good bonuses on shields too. So like plus 300% attack right after a parry, like that's devastating. If you have a good melee weapon to match that up with, but that all said, I do mostly run a, a melee and a bow or maybe a melee and like the electric bolts or something. So, but it's yeah, this, this whole style of game. And I've been, I've been playing other games that are like this recently, including that 20 XX and whatnot. I always like this kind of like, you're doing this real hard thing and like you're, you have to kind of reset when you die, but you have just like a bit of progression that's going to help you right. out the next time. It's, it's, it's fine. It works. You know, in my review, I, was, I wrote that it was a uh, very much like call of duty, modern warfare, uh, which is, it may, might sound weird, but the progression yeah, in that does. multiplayer. Yeah, it does. Uh, the progression in that, in the, in modern warf- warfare was uh, a distraction and an illusion. And it made you think that you were, uh, progressing and that's what was making you better really you were just learning the game uh and getting better that way you I were learning that. the maps and the way people play and this is the same thing like the, the the unlocks especially the runes that give you like the basic abilities like the floor smash and the, the vine uh stuff uh once you get have all of those you're like out of the tutorial period almost uh and it's like okay after that now i'm really playing the game um but but yeah, so it's it's very much like yeah. Th- there's progression and it and it carries over from, over from life to life. But that is all just to make you think like, oh, I just needed that to get further. But really, you're probably just learning the game and getting better at it, and that's why you're doing better. So I really appreciate that. It's really well done. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great game. I'm um I, I'm not I don't feel like I'm anywhere near done with it yet after 40 hours. But 
you know, I God, I was this. I've been watching Patrick Klepek over at Waypoint play this week. He's on his fourth run, uh, and he was at the last boss and almost wow. beat it. It was it's like devastating to watch. It's like, oh, <laughs> he's way better than I am. So yeah, it's just been really. I hope he's not in your packs. Uh, I know it's what I've been thinking too. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who else is competing, but I hope it's not him. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Um. Anything else? Anything else you want to talk about in terms of what you've been playing? No, just that, you know, it's I, I had this backlog of Switch games. I was playing some more Yoko's on Express, and it's all fun. And, like, part, like, I'm usually like, okay, I can't get a new Switch game. I have all these other things. But people are buzzing so much about this game that... Uh, it's worth to get in on the, I just on like, the, yeah, I'll right. get it now. I'll play right. this now. This seems really fun. And it is. It was worth it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you did. I think, it, like, this is one of the ones where it's like... It seems like everyone's going to pick this up one up right away and be talking about it all right now. And there's other games coming out around the same period. Um, you know, like that chasm game, like people might play chasm down the line or whatever. You don't have to play it right away, but this one, everyone's just going to be talking about it for the next week or two. So at least until, um, until Spider-Man and all those other games. Come oh out. yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Um, oh, yeah. God. I mean, we're Super excited weeks away. Right. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Um, the only other game I, I played, and this is just be real quick, is finally booted up Virtual Rickality, that Rick and Morty game. Oh, uh, VR. I, mean, I played a bit of that at uh, some conference at some point. I thought it was, that was very right. fun. It's very much in that uh, right. uh, vacation simulator vein. Exactly. Yes, it's it's absolutely in, in that style where you just get these handful of spaces that you are, are playing around in. And, it, it you know, it does all the tricks and stuff like... Uh, Instead of a me seeks, if for people who are familiar with the show, like the little creatures, or whatever, uh, you get a you seeks, which is a me seeks that just mimics all your movements. And you you can't go out of the garage, <laughs> but if you need to get something out of the garage, you just throw a you seeks out there, and he and you bend down, and he bends down, and you pick it up and stuff. And there's like this part where you have to pick up a uh, nuclear reactor or whatever, and you can't move it too fast, and you can't teleport with it. So you have to hand it off to the Meeseeks and then mirror your actions over to it to get it and to get the fuel into the car or whatever. That's very cool. Uh, yeah, it's, and there's a lot of smart tricks in it. And I, I, I really like it. But it's, it's also like not nearly as funny as the show. And uh, and this in the vacation simulator style stuff has uh, it's starting to show its limitations, uh, which are you know plentiful at this point. Uh, so it's like, OK, I could kind of I could just kind of take or leave this. It's not what I'm coming to VR for uh, anymore. I'm, I'm definitely still in the, I'll play ping pong. <laughs> like I'm having way more fun with just playing virtual ping pong just because it feels so realistic and good, but yeah, VR. Um, yeah. So, uh, let's get into the news. Does that sound okay to you, Mike? Okay. God, we've got so much to talk about. Let's, I mean, it yeah, it's, been a it's, a big it's weird because our last show was kind of late last week, but there's already right, exactly. so many things. Happening. I was worried. Like there won't be enough to talk about. There's plenty there's to enough talk to talk about. about. Let's do the news. Okay. Up first, this whole IGN thing, huh? Let's just get this Whoa, out of the way. Yeah. We, so we don't really write about other websites. If we do, it has to be like, I don't know, it's very specific cases. We didn't write about this, but we could just talk about it like quickly. Um, so speaking of dead cells, IGN put up the review of it. The next day, I think uh, a, a YouTuber put up a video saying, Hey, this is a lot like my review and did side-by-side comparisons of IGN's video review and his video review from weeks earlier. And the, uh, the similarities were numerous and, and so close as to stretch the, um, to to stretch the, the plausibility that this was done, uh, as a coincidence. Um, 
And IGN was like, okay, this is uh, we're going to look into this. They responded right away saying, hey, we take this seriously. We're going to we're going to investigate. And later that day, they're like, okay, we've we've gotten rid of the the writer who has done this. Uh, we completely respect the work of the of the YouTuber who this person plagiarized. Um, it, it just seems like they handled it perfectly, and it, and 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 kind of like a textbook case of of how you go about doing something like this. And it's not like it, this is an, an institutional thing at IGN. It was definitely one rogue writer taking a shortcut. Um, did you have any thoughts about this? I, I guess my kind of the, the weird thing to me was, uh, I, I didn't know this guy before and he was, he was like their Nintendo editor or something. It seems like he, I was just wondering where, where did this guy come from? Where's pronounced before? Cause I can't imagine how anybody would do this unless they were just out of their depth or, or overwhelmed. Because or it's know, something th- they maybe relied on a lot in the past. I, I guess. I, I I mean, it hasn't happened yet. I just imagine like it feels like whenever something like this happens, this is not the first time. It's just the first time you get caught. And I bet if people go back and look, uh, they're going to find some other instances where he's done the same thing. I I wasn't familiar with this guy too much. I feel like I remember his name being brought up when IGN's like, oh, here's our new Nintendo guy or whatever. Um, and I haven't heard much from him since, uh, but yeah, this, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, a bad look and it, you, you do kind of wonder how anyone could think this is a, uh, a good idea. Cause it's just n- never going to work. Yeah. I mean, the, the ethical problems aside, like the fact that like, I don't know, you think you can get away with this kind of thing in this right. day and age, but and it's yeah. like you don't you don't really really work in this field again if you do something like that. It's like there's mm-hmm. no one's gonna right. hire you. Like I don't. That's it's probably just, the end of it. Yeah, don't don't plagiarize work, people. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's true. so simple. Yeah, like I mean, I, for reviews, I, I I don't ever like go out and like seek other like opinions before I write. I'm writing them. I don't know if that's necessarily something that, that people should avoid, like the plague or something like that. It's just something I tend not to do because I want to avoid any appearances of. Like I just copied someone else's thoughts for a game and I'm taking a shortcut. Um, but, but you know, for other work, like there is a point where it's like, it's research. I'm like getting other people's ideas and I'm going to like filter it through my own and try to, you know, regurgitate that for a lack of a better word. Uh, but, but this is, this is not what that was. Uh, you know, that was just straight up copying and pasting someone else's ideas to, so you didn't really have to think about it. Just, just kind of, yeah, you maybe shouldn't be doing this job in the first place if that's what you're going to do. Um, IGN responded well to it though. It seems like they yeah. did what they could. They got I me. Mean, they got a really s- smart team of of management like over there. Tina Amini, who used to be at Kutaku and then I think went to Mashable, and now is in charge of everything at IGN in terms of like their game coverage. Uh, yeah, she just she just came out with that with a great statement and like reached out directly to the the YouTube person. Um, that they said we're going to do what, anything we could do to make amends, which I'm not sure. Maybe it means you know paying him the fee for the review instead, or just posting his review on IGN. And like, you know, who knows? I, I don't know exactly how that plays right. out, but I mean, that, that whole thing's weird. Cause I mean, it, I don't know. It's not weird, but it's like, what do you do? And there is also this kind of like, kind of strange. It's not good, but it's, there's this undeniable fact that this guy probably has gotten a lot more uh, views than usual. Right. Oh, he, and yes, has. I think not, his yeah. videos way more watched than it normally is. Yeah. And that's not like good or fair. And it's obviously not a reason why to not maybe give him some of the, uh, I don't know. It's strange. But it, like, it kind of gives you like a, a look into the, the the thought process of of you know the guy who did this, Philip Myochin or whatever his name is. Uh, he like you know he, he didn't copy a big YouTuber. He copied someone who's got like ten thousand views. Like no one's gonna notice. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's just a it's kind of a vile thing. It's a yeah, and it's, and it's not illegal. So that's why like people like get 
so worked up because it's like a self-policing sort of thing where if people don't speak up and get upset about it, it's something that will happen more often. Uh, so th- that's why it's kind of has to be such a you've burned all your bridges sort of behavior or action, because if that's not the case, then, you know, it, it encourages more people to do it. So, yeah, I think everyone kind of handled it really well. So, I mean, even the YouTuber, he was just like, he's like, hey, what do I do about this? I'm not. Yeah, he wasn't, it was, like, he wasn't like it wasn't outwardly malicious or anything about right. it. Right. He was just like, yeah, this this stinks. But yeah, everyone handled it well. Um and then later that day, after that, after the IGN thing sort of like was picking up steam, um, Kutaku published a, a really extensive six-month reporting, you know, thing where they spent the last half a year looking into this uh, into the culture of sexism at Riot Games. Um, I, I read this, Mike. You read this. There was a lot of choice anecdotes in in this thing about. <laughs> The bro culture, which is a term yeah. that came up over and over fraternity and over. Kind of oh, yeah. Yes. One big fraternity. Um, there was, I mean, the, the one that stood out the most to me was, um, so a lot of people spoke to, to the author, uh, I could talk about this. Um, like, I think they spoke to 28 current and former riot employees or rioters as they're called, which is just fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of makes me like, uh, whatever. Um, but, but the one, well, the one anecdote that really stood out was, uh, a woman was like, I'm pretty sure that my ideas are getting getting dismissed because I'm a woman. Uh, she went in with an idea that she loved, told it to the group of people she's supposed to tell these ideas to. They did dismiss it. And then she's like, okay, I have an idea. And she told one of her male coworkers who was like, was kind of, who was listening to her and wanted to be, you know, wanted to, wanted to hear her out, but was also skeptical that this was the case. Um, and, he, and she told him to go in, tell those same exact people the same exact idea in the same exact way. And they loved the idea. They loved it. Once he was saying it. And the, apparently the guy that was saying it was like getting tears in his eyes. Cause he was like, so like he realized in that moment, okay, this sucks. This is, this is exactly what she says is happening. Um, and it's like, okay. And I, I think like, I think the, the one takeaway, it's like, this is not a top down thing where it's like, riot is saying treat women like this. That's not how that happens. It just, it just happens because it's not being dealt with directly, and and it's a lot of it's a lot of the culture out in Silicon Valley, where in and Los Angeles, you know, as well, where this is based. Um, and, and, and so yeah, it's it's not like it's you know unique to Riot. It, it's just the way that a business can end up becoming if you don't deal with it in, in a really um, direct and, and visible way, so everyone knows that. It's and there. we've seen some Riot employees kind of. Uh going to Twitter and talking about some of this stuff, kind of confirming all of it. You see some other people who are, some other employees are kind of, you know, it it's cer- certainly isn't a fun day uh, for them. And they're saying, well, you know, this, this happens all around the industry and riots actually better than other people like that. So, and I mean, you know, maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but it doesn't, I don't, I still right, think yeah. that you report that story and it's a good story and it's, important to point out these things, especially when it's a six month research thing with like what, 34 uh, accounts from current and from former employees. It was, yeah, it was 28 when I heard there could have been more added at at a certain point. Um, But yeah. And uh, like some of the stories are just like, okay, this is, this does just sound like a fraternity, like the boss coming in and there's no women in the room. He'll just fart in one of the other guys's face. It's like, okay, I can't, I can't lie that uh, I might've laughed at that. Yeah, for sure. But it's like I wouldn't do it if I was like I, w- yeah, I wouldn't do it at work. I wouldn't do it at work. No, uh, no. I, like go far in your friend's face when you see them at like a bar. I don't know. Right. They have the choice to not be your friend anymore. They can make that. That's very yeah. simple to do. It's a lot harder <laughs> to extract make. yourself from your livelihood. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on in that story. It's it's a really well researched, really well reported. Um, the 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 people that I know who work at Riot are, were seemed pretty thankful that this story was was told. Yeah. Uh, even unless if, even if they're you're a Cliffy Beats friend. Yeah, that was so. That was the other thing that's like. <laughs> God. So later, yeah, it was. It was just later that night, or maybe the, I don't know, actually. Don't yes, know. later that night. Yeah. He just comes out and he's like. What does he say? He, he he's like, oh, like I get that Kotaku wants to try to, you know, be real reporting or whole, something. Yeah, but. his whole thing was that the story was bad. He has here's what he said. Actually, no, it's garbage. When he's this is referring to tweet from their uh, lead editor Stephen Tatilla, who said this was excellent reporting. Cliff says, actually, no, it's garbage. The women I know who work there say otherwise, and I've been set all day about it. Love you, Stephen, but nope. So right, that was the original, and it's just like, uh, okay, all right, Cliffy, that's that's a really hot take there. Um, yeah, like that you could be so dismissive of six months, six months of report, six months of reporting, and twenty eight accounts, <laughs> and um, you know, because from a woman reporter people, too, yeah, because that doesn't affect the people that he knows there, and I understand, you know, it's you know. Not everyone's going to feel that way. Not everyone has those experiences, but you can't yeah, like, validate I mean, other people's experiences because of that. Right. It, it, the, here's where it's horseshit. If if someone came out at, tomorrow and reported with 28 accounts and six months of reporting that Patrick Stewart was a sex offender, I would be very upset, and I would my gut reaction would be, I don't want to believe this story, but I'm not going to just dismiss all of those accounts and all of that work out of hand, especially in public on Twitter. And I would want to read the story myself and find out and then, you know, kind of see the reactions and take my time. And eventually I, I would just quietly to myself, accept the truth about my, my beloved, my beloved character, actor, Patrick Stewart. Um, and, and, you know, that would be a hard, difficult process that I would do offline. He's in that process and he's doing it online in public, dismissing the work of these people, the, the, the words and the, the accounts of these people. And it's just such a bad look. And then he just doubled down. It kind of, yeah, it kind of got worse from there. Cause like people start calling him out on it. And then he was trying, he's, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of fake losing it. He was, very uh, he was saying he was implying he that it, the journal wasn't keeping trusted because people write for you know a living because they get paid to. Right. Yeah. Uh, which was which just really doesn't confusing. make any sense. Yeah. I, I don't. What are we like? Are we only supposed to trust reporting done for free? Like then that? he then he talked about NPR and I was like I don't think he understands that people who work for NPR get paid still. Hey. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, right. I don't and know. Then, Somehow I got involved. <laughs> Yeah, you were. You, and I what never you, get involved with this I know. stuff. Here's my thing. I'm like, I think I was in the bathroom, minding my own business, just kind of glancing at Twitter. And all of a sudden, in the feed, not like in my notifications, not anywhere, I just see you responding to Cliff Wazinski. And I'm like, what's going on? What's 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 this all about? This is weird. <laughs> this is not like Mike. And, uh, <laughs> it's not. It's really not yeah. like me at all. Yeah, so it's just like okay, and you you were just like so uh, you you regret saying that it's like fake well, news or something like. He said he apologized for something, but he didn't specify what. I'm like, did, did you apologize for for saying journalists can't be trusted or journal no, for journal for saying journalism is dead? Is that why you apologized? And then he responded at first saying that I think some news is like good, but some isn't. Blah, blah. and then he followed it up and uh, told me to eat, uh, eat a dick. I think were his words. Yeah, he said, uh, "Lean in for the quote Woodward and Bernstein," clearly implying that I was like trying that, to get him, right? Him. Right, you're just trying to, yeah, like you're a, a, a getcha, uh, you know, journalist or whatever, and you're gonna 
put a gotcha quote in the story and just try get all those clicks and get all those profits and spend your vacation yeah, in Malibu. Because they're easy um, that way. Yeah. And and it's just like it's pretty tone deaf to reply to a story about sexism in the workplace with a um a quote like that, eat a dick, which is something he's said before and he's clearly playing on that. But still it's Yeah, a weird yeah, it's a weird time to throw out a homophobic insult. Uh right. It, it, I mean it's juvenile it's anyway. Right. I don't know. No matter what. Yeah. And and it, it's like at this point it's like just go offline. Why are you doing this? Why do you care? And it's like, clearly he was bored and he said so. Like, I, that's when I was just like, dude, just log off. Log off. Like, this is like, you're just becoming the story now, uh, which is, I'm sure, not what he always, he always seems to regret it when he becomes the story, but he can't help himself. No. Um, and, and he's like, oh, I'm bored, is basically what he said. That's what, that was his excuse, and it was just bad. So, yeah, we don't have to talk too much more about Cliff Pazinski, but. Yeah, he hasn't said anything today, so I don't know he's up to it. Man, I don't know. I never thought I'd have Kobe beat Tony to eat a dick, so that was interesting. Yeah, it was a fun thing to see. Day for a that fun was... day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and his um he's not, you know, actively making games right now. His studio closed down a few months ago. Uh he closed down his studio a few months ago. Um, after Radical Heights didn't right. take so, off. I mean, I'm sure he's in a stressful, maybe, I don't know. I mean, very, but, yeah, but I mean, I mean, like, he's got plenty of money, and he always talks about it on Twitter. He's riding around on adult big wheels. He talks about it every day, and he talks about eating his wife's ass every day. And it's like, go do those things, dude. No one's, no one's, <laughs> like, you can get, I mean, I guess get Does on Twitter. Does he really but, like, talk about that? Man, that's that's kind of oversharing, but. You know. Yeah, he does, like, like all the time. <laughs> like, all the time. And it's like, well, I mean, whatever. It's 2018. We eat, we eat, we eat ass now, Mike. I guess so. He talks about it quite often. Um, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to talk that much more about Cliff Lisinski. Um, let's move on. Let's let's talk about something <laughs> that gets me almost as excited as Whoa. Cliff Lisinski eating his wife's ass. Um, <laughs> oh, Pennsylvania's no. Simon and oh, Richter Belmont and King K. Rule have joined Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Man. Mike, tell me all about this. Oh, this is great. So we actually kind of thought Simon was coming uh, because there's there's like a weird problem with their website where we could see the file name for the next song reveal and it was a Castlevania song. Right. So something was up there. But uh, we had the uh, direct today and it opens up with like one of these great reveal trailers where first it's it's Luigi going through a haunted mansion. He's got his like vacuum and everything. And they just Flashlight. start encountering like all the classic Castlevania bosses, the Medusa and like the Frankenstein. The death shows up and kills <laughs> Luigi. Sucks his soul from his body. There's, and there's, we just see this lifeless Luigi corpse on the ground. Which it's was very a lot. clear what has happened. Yes. No, yeah, no, there is no mystery. He is a dead man now. He's, he's gone. They yeah. got him. <laughs> he has left this mortal coil. And we could see it. We could just see it right in front of us with our bare eyes. It's just right there. Oh god, it's great. So then, and then Simon Belmont shows up, takes off late. clothes. Shows up. Yeah, he does, too late to save Luigi. He can maybe <laughs> fight the scary monster still. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is. And then we kind of see his moves, and it's it's everything you would expect. He's got the axe, the holy fire, the cross, the whip, and and all that stuff. And then we also find out that um, Richter Belmont from. Uh, from Rondo of Blood and also uh, Symphony of Night is also a character you can play as he's an echo of uh, right. Simon. So it's kind of like a cosmetic clone, but I mean, he's his own character in a lot of sense of the word. Uh, the then, Smash Brothers series always does the, do, do those clones, those echo fighters. Right. Now they have like kind of a word. Cause like, it used to be a sorphan. Some people be like, why'd you put this character? It's just a clone. So now they have like a special designations, I guess. Right. So people don't get quite as worked up about it. Right. 
But and then I mean, all everything about like the the, the stages, the uh, where you fight Dracula in these games, and just looks so so cool. And like if you once stage has it on, like the bosses will actually show up and start attacking you. Dracula can even come out. Alucard is an assist trophy. They have like thirty four songs from Castlevania uh, selectable as tracks in the game. Uh, all this great stuff. And I mean, I. I love Castlevania. Not quite as much as I like Mega Man, but I like Castlevania a lot. Right, but... Yeah, Simon Belmont all, was uh, always, like, one of the ones I really wanted, and having this is super cool. I think, uh, was it you that tweeted, or was it your brother that retweeted it, that the, all of the video game characters from that Captain N show or whatever are now I in Smash Brothers? I somebody else, but yeah. yeah. Like, except for Captain N, and I think the giant Game Boy that talked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? You got, right, you got uh, Link, uh, Mega Man... Simon, Simon Belmont. Belmont. And then who's the other one? Yeah, who's that fourth one? He also looks weird. Now I have to find this. Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, so uh, I after this, they Pit, also... Pit. Uh, Pit. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they, they showed off, a, like, between this reveal at the, at the beginning and then the other reveal at the end, there was a ton of stuff in between where they're like, oh, we have 100 stages, like 104 stages in this game. And we have basically... An, an insane library of music that you can go through whenever you want. Just tons of tracks. Like how many tracks? Like it was like hundreds of musical tracks, right? Uh, 800 uh, yeah, tracks, I think. With, yeah. And the music that they, that they do for these games is always so. It's incredible. Awesome. Like they aren't just like ripping songs from other games. They're like, they're all the right. Most of them are like new arrangements and, and all stuff. Right. And, new uh, orchestrations. Uh, and it just always sounds incredible. And now it's like, it's on the switch and you have it in your pocket and you have the sound test. And I'm like, that's where I was like, okay, I'm excited for this game. Like, I'm I'm gonna enjoy playing it online, you know, whatever. It's 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 always been a solid series, but all of this extra stuff is so well, like it really it does feel like the ultimate uh, idealization of Smash Brothers, right? And Smash Brothers is such a good like celebration of Nintendo in general and all this stuff. Like having it be so like uh, kind of like comprehensive is just so cool. And then at the end of the trailer, we also got the announcement of King K. Rule, the the main bad guy from Donkey Kong Country. This has been another one people have wondered for a long time. The reveal trailer is, again, just is great and funny. Mm-hmm. And just, he looks so... It's like, it's just so cool seeing him in there and it's, uh, it's just... It's another great character that he really excited yeah, about. It, like they really nailed the the like the nineteen nineties rare art where he's yeah. got that big ugly like chest plate on and stuff. Yeah. Well, again, again, there's like a new like version of like his the song that they that played when you fought him as a boss in Donkey Kong Country One, and it sounds awesome. Right, it, it was just like man, they they're so good at like celebrating this. I mean, King K. Rule is kind of like a pretty cheesy character. Like, I mean, they're all kind of cheesy, but there's just like it's almost kind of like a cheap looking character a little bit. And yet they yeah, like really, yeah, they really like take it seriously to a point and like, it's like treat him as well as everyone else. And it's yeah. Like, that's what's kind of cool. fun about like, it's like King K. Rool's a big deal, right? Like he's the star of this like little CG short thing all about right, like, yeah. revealing him. Like, this is awesome. Yes. Smash is Brothers is the only reason in, in the world that that would ever happen, that we would ever see King K. Rule as like this central figure in well, this animation from Nintendo. Well, even like with Castlevania, right? With what Konami's doing, like, that video we got introducing Simon Belmont is like the most high production Castlevania thing we're probably gonna get within like the next twenty years. Right. For sure. I mean, there's so that cool. there's that Netflix show, but I think it's like even like more even high that, than that. Yeah, it is. I like the Netflix of, show, but I mean, it's right. It's like cheap, like yeah, bad acting and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. The, this yeah, this game is really starting to come together, and it really does uh, feel like 
uh, the people that feel like they're that Nintendo won't have anything for the rest of this year just are counting out Smash Brothers in a way that doesn't make sense. It's yeah. just it's getting more and more momentum, more and more hype. And there, there were so many rule the world cool little details that like I love that were revealed in this direct. We also got um, the uh, a couple more Echo Fighters. We had uh, Krom right. from Fire Emblem um, Awakening, I think, for Roy. Uh, one of the Fire Emblem characters, and That's then what said, I think, yeah. Dark Samus for Samus. So Dark Samus is like the evil right. clone. Dark Samus, Samus looked really cool. Yeah, it was just. I think it's been like a, cool just like a costume before. Now it's like actually kind of more modeled and looks. Like, you know, it looks it still mostly looks like Samus in black, but it's cool. Oh, we have, yeah. we also got the uh, Super Mario Odyssey level with uh, yes, the uh, New, New Dawn City, City, yeah. City Hall, and the, right, and they're playing the music. Oh, yeah. it's good. It's good. Yep. There's just been there. It's like you think about it. There's been a lot of really cool Nintendo stuff that's happened between Smash Four and this um, that they that they can really lean on, like Odyssey. Like there's a ton of stuff from Odyssey they can pull and put into this game, and it's just like yeah, it's it's time for another Smash Brothers, and I'm glad it's it's I'm glad it's this that they're doing. I'm glad uh, it feels like they didn't have to go and like completely re- rework everything, and they didn't have to just or they shouldn't just remake Four and re-release that. This is that in between thing where it's like, oh, it doesn't. It, that seems kind of like a half-ass in it, but no, it's it's really just real like realizing the potential of Smash Brothers to a point that is really impressive. Yeah, they're they really are going out with this, and also how, how much do you love the uh, the color of the chairs in the background the entire time? The, that, that was, bright purple and then the yellow. Yep. Yeah, so the uh, the one character. Well, okay. Yeah, no, let's talk about it. the one character that is still not a, a pickable fighter, although he, he is an assist trophy. They've confirmed, I think, uh, is Waluigi. Um, and in the background, Sakurai always it always seems like he's trolling Waluigi. He always like treats him poorly in any video that he's in for Smash Brothers. And he knows that people want him and he doesn't care and he hates him and he's going to let you know. And in the background of this entire thing, there is just that purple chair and the the yellow greenish chair that is the color of Waluigi, the colors of his outfit. And it's just like, man, he knows what he's doing. There's no way that's a coincidence. No way. God, it's funny, man. So I mean, I thought what, pretty much every character I would could have ever wanted is now in Smash Brothers. Uh, well, it would still be good, but there's the one that people still yeah, let's have talk about ballot. Yeah, claim, well, yeah, there's one that people have been clamoring for because there's been there was a ballot that came out right before they started releasing DLC, or, or it was in the middle of releasing DLC for Smash Four, and like King K. Rule and Ridley were high on that. Uh, even Simon Belmont was, so it seems like they they actually have paid attention to that. And there's even been some leaks. Uh, I can't I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was like a leak like a month ago shortly after E3 that was saying that King K. Rule and Simon Belmont were going to be in the game. Now, those aren't the hardest guesses to make in the world, but, you know, here we right. are. And other, like, the other major character that has been, like, in that league and has been, like, on that uh, that ballot and has been requested is Gino from uh, from Super Mario RPG. I don't know if you say Gino or Gino. I kind of switched I say Gino. I, I, I think I say Gino now, and I think I said Gino when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah but... Man, if that one happens, and if he got like a reveal trailer of this quality and all this stuff, I would just absolutely <laughs> lose it. I would yeah. lose. My I mean, mind. that's. I mean, Super Mario RPG. I mean, that's a long time ago for people that don't know. That was the first time the Mario series turned into an RPG. Nintendo worked with Square on it back then. It was just Square, not not like SquareSoft, not Square Enix, uh, and it was just this really fun 
side story with Mario and the Mushroom Kingdom and then going to all these places. It was by far the most memorable story-wise in a Mario game. It was right. really cool. A lot, of, a lot of great writing. It was, it yeah. was, it was and funny. It, and then there was all these characters we haven't seen since. Like Because Square Enix kind of has like part ownership of that right. game. And Gino was the best kind of exclusive character because uh, he just had this really cool design where he's this kind right. of like space doll person. And yeah, and really his cool introduction moves. was kind of anime and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah it, was like, it was like anime light in a lot of ways that made it like really feel He has a kind of, of dignity stuff. that yeah. most male Mario characters do not have as a default. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes. He's, uh, yes, dignified is the word for sure. Right. He so seems to, yeah. Go it's ahead. a combination of He's from this great game. He's probably the best character in that game, and we haven't seen him in forever. So for him to show up in Smash Bros. would just be so cool. I remember I was like in the Smash Brothers Brawl GameFAQs forums, but there were enough the characters for that game, and everyone's like, "We want Gino, we want Gino, mm-hmm. Gino." And I can't wait to hear the announcer say his name. By the way, so no. Although they said King K, or they said King Cruel, right? They called instead of King K. Rule. They they Nintendo announced it cruel. Correct. Oh, did they? I, I think they did. That's another. I thing. always that, King K. Rule. We we'll have to hear what the actual announcer says. Yeah, let's let's yes. In the game, you're right. In the game itself, correct. Um, yeah. So I it, it seems it seems strange and presumptuous to be sitting here and thinking about like and to be to, to be talking so much about uh you know Gino ending up in Smash Brothers uh, just because it's like that's eh, far fetched. It's never happened. It's, I think it's just. But now it feels viable. It's it seems it's going to happen. I would it's actually, like, it's wow, for the first time, I would actually mm. bet my money on it, and that would right. Yeah, it's like I tell you, like once he's in there, there's really isn't much more I could ask for. Even at right. that point, if Waluigi's not in, I'll be like, it's, it's okay. Right. <laughs> you, exactly. You gave me freaking Gino. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. This is a well, a deeper cut, and it's super cool. And yeah, I would be ecstatic for that. That's really and and I hope. I hope the reason they're holding it off is because it's like, oh, and here's like Super Mario RPG. It's coming to the Switch. Uh, like, oh, which cool. re-release it. Like, yeah, I hope they're. I hope they have. I, I hope they have big plans for that kind of stuff. I, I love that game. So, um, okay, let's uh, move on next. So, so for a while now, Steam has been uh, dealing with how to treat adult theme games on its platform. Uh, it was for a lot, a long time. It was just letting him on there. No problem. And then it was like, it seemed like it wanted to pull back and it was going to start to, uh, um, block and, and remove like H games, which are these hentai style games from Japan that were, you know, you, you basically just booby anime games where you play a puzzle game and then you see some boobs and, uh, and it seems like steam didn't want that. Then they backed off of that and said, okay, we're going to let, pretty much everything like that onto steam. Uh, you know, we're still going to block white supremacy and, and, you know, trolling and all that stuff. But th- th- these sexy games, people seem to want to want to p- buy and play. We're going to pretty much let all of them in and we're going to give people more tools to make sure they only see the games that they want to see. So if they go searching for stuff and they are offended by this sort of content, they have a real easy way to block it. Um, that has, not manifested yet, but Steam has begun holding off some games until it can get those things in place. So it's it's actively working on it. It seems like maybe one of the things that it has um, done to ensure that the that the people don't see this kind of stuff has been implemented and is now causing problems for some games, like uh, Mount Your Friends 3D. Which, if you haven't seen this, this is the 3D sequel to Mount Your Friends, <laughs> which is a game where you mount your friends. It's these greased up dudes in speedos with 
floppy ding dongs and the, the floppy ding dongs have complete, you know, physics and stuff. And it's even more upsetting in 3d and it's really funny. It's and upsetting. it's a great, yeah, it's a great, it's a great, uh, uh, you know, multiplayer, local multiplayer game when you're just hanging out with friends, it's, everyone laughs. It's a good time. Um, if you go to steam right now and you search for mount your friends, mount your friends comes up, but then nowhere below it on that list. Do you find mount your friends in 3d? The game is still on Steam. The store page still exists. If you click on the link, it'll take you to the store page, you know, outside of Steam. But if you're ser- if you're searching for it, you will not be able to find it. So it's kind of seeming like, okay, so they're putting these things into place and it might start hurting developers. And and I don't, I mean, I, I do want to make sure that game is there when I go ser- going to search for it. And now it's not showing up for me. So, I mean, it just seems like they're like Valve is in this weird place where it is trying to provide the tools and it's maybe struggling to find like the, the default line where, you know, th- this game is going to just show up for me if I don't go into my settings. And then, you know, the other side of that where like you could just remove everything. And I, I have no idea how to ensure that I get to see that game. Um, I've asked Valve for more clarification uh, about this. They haven't got back to me. They're pre- usually pretty bad about that sort of thing. We'll see. Um, but it just seems like, yeah, more more struggles trying to figure out what the Steam store should look like. Um it, 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 do you have any thoughts about this? Is this just kind of like, yeah, this sounds more like Valve, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Things are getting kind of weirder with the stuff now in this era where people are getting upset about the, the 30% cut and we're hearing things right. about some, what some other companies might be doing. I don't know. It's yeah, strange. So we can move on to that right now. Let's talk about that story. So uh, we already knew that Call of Duty Black Ops 4 was not going to come to Steam. That's going to end up just like Destiny 2 on the uh, Battle.net ba- Battle. Battle. launcher. Yeah, from uh, from Blizzard. Um, it's going to be right there on those games, right below World of Warcraft and everything else. Um, and now Fallout 76 from Bethesda is following that, and it's going to only be in the Bethesda launcher and won't be on Steam. Um, I, think, I think that's the the big game that people would expect to be on. Like Call of Duty, okay, that makes some sense. Not many people were playing it on Steam anyhow. It was never, like, it was just never the shooter on there that people ever cared about. Um, you know, it it's still a big game, but it like, uh, you know, Counter-Strike was always going to be way bigger than Call of Duty uh, on PC, or at least on Steam. Uh, whereas on console, Co- Call of Duty comes out and it's the biggest thing, period. Um, so when that doesn't come there, it's like, okay, that that's fine. But Fallout 76, Fallout you know, 4 and Skyrim, these games are still among the most played games on Steam. Like, those are very heavily associated with Steam in a lot of ways. Absolutely. So why isn't it coming? And everyone's like, oh, it's Bethesda doesn't want to pay 30% for every sale and every microtransaction sale and anything else to Valve, which they have to do if they use that platform. So if they, they have their own platform, they can skip that, get that money directly, and, you know, boom, that's a huge boost to their profit margin. Um, it's like, why haven't they done this before? And it's like, people haven't really wanted to deal with other launchers, but now Fortnite is proving that people don't seem to mind so much, and Fallout definitely has the name recognition to get people to install this stuff. So, uh, and, and, and I would also argue that Discord has made it so, you know, you don't feel like you have to be on Steam to know what everyone's playing. You just look at Discord, you see what your friends that are playing right now. Part of it, isn't it? Yeah, it, it feels like it just frees everyone up to be like, oh, this is the central loca- location where I'm going to make my gaming decisions from, not Steam. And that's a big deal. Yeah, I really feel like Discord is kind of overtaking Steam as the community hub for PC gaming. Absolutely. Huh? Steam is yeah. still a store, but yeah, you, I don't chat with people on Steam anymore. Right. <coughs> um... Let's see. So I, I, I think there was some, so the people were wondering about that 30% cut. 
Uh, and they're like, oh, so it's not for you know, nothing. Why? Right. Well, I mean, it's just like that's what people would be willing to pay. And it's in every every platform uses that 30 percent cut. Um, you might remember Epic cut down theirs to 12 percent. But that was just for assets sold in the Unreal Engine game development toolkit, like for people making like like chairs and locking mechanisms for other games. Um, and Epic lowered that stuff. They have no they don't I don't even think they even sell other games. They have like um, I think that uh that dinosaur arc survival evolved is in their launcher, but um, I don't know how that, I think it might be the only game they sell. And I don't even know if they sell it that way. Um, so yeah, they're not, I don't think they're, they're dropping that cut if they were even to introduce it. Um, and, and, it, and people do seem to think that like, Oh, that just, that's just like 30% for server space is a, a ripoff. And it's like, man, it's so much more than server space. It is, you know, they, they process credit cards. They have a huge built in community of people. The marketing is so much easier. They handle uh, a lot refunds. of going on. Right. So much stuff that, you know, developers like Jeff Vogel from, uh, from Spiderweb Interactive or Spiderweb, Spiderweb Games. He did a speech at, um, a GDC not too long ago where he's like, I used to have to hire people to do the stuff that Steam does for free now or does for the, the 30% cut. And I know how much it costs, and so do they, and that that 30% cut isn't going anywhere. Now, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I think there could be some someone who tries to come in and say, hey, 25%, how about that? Um, but I think most of the competition is going to be in uh, other areas and offering other features and other benefits, and everyone who gets in this fight is going to want to keep that 30% stuff. But, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Do you think, like... I mean, do you think that that could go anywhere? That that could drop? Could that people could remove that and still make this a viable business? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know the exact financials of it, right? I don't know how negotiable that is, but I mean, the thing is, if people think they can get away with not having to pay it, they will. I think that's only going to apply to people who have these these brands like a Fallout, right? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, indie yeah. show is going to be is going to be happy to pay that. Right. If you don't want to pay it, then go go make your own Steam. And that's what a lot of these companies are doing. And it makes sense if they have the money. Uh, yeah, you should go for it. EA has done that for years. And it's worked out fine for them, I think, for the most part. Um, but they are, even EA now is shifting to the subscription model. Like EA uh, Access Premier or Origin Access Premier just launched. Uh, where you pay $15 a month and you get all of their games. And it seems like that's going to be the real thing that is the challenge to Steam going ahead. And I, I, wrote, about, I wrote about that this week. So uh, if people want to look into that more, you can check gamesbeat.com. But that's kind of where I'm thinking, like, no one, none of these other launchers are really going to be able to replace or challenge Steam, really. It's just too ingrained. It's too... Uh, sure. It's, it's, it's where PUBG can happen. It is where a game like PUBG can come along and have this new idea and be in early access and succeed. And it, no game could do that on Origin or the Bethesda launcher or whatever. And as long as that's the case, Steam is going to be the tippy top of all this stuff. Right. This. It seems like but, other games can kind of succeed with their own launchers. Like, right. it's not like Fortnite's success has been a success for the Epic Games launcher, really. Right. And, you know, and people do a lot, a lot like millions of people have that installed now, I'm sure. And, and, and that, you know, and that is effective to a certain point, but. Even then, it's like, okay, no, people just kind of want to play Fortnite. And, and, and that's not, and you know, if Fortnite comes along after, after this sort of idea bubbles up on Steam first, and then Epic takes that and like, oh, we can make that work too. And, and that's fine. But I still, yeah, the Epic launcher, if you try to do something new, the next new thing, the next Minecraft, the next PUBG, uh, I just don't think Epic has the infrastructure to enable that. I mean, clearly it doesn't. Um, 
yeah. So it's it, I know it's an interesting time though because it just does it does feel like for the first time uh, in a decade, Steam is not going to be exactly what we we've known it as forever. There are there are cracks, there are fissures, there are opportunities for other ideas to pop into the space. Uh, but I do think it is discord maybe if they were to like maybe start a store who knows what their plans are there and then if they were to or or in this other direction where the netflix style subscriptions maybe that could replace it we'll see um okay let's get through the rest of the news dragon ball fighter z has become uh, evo's highest watch game ever on twitch which uh i'm not too surprised about it. that game seems like it's got a lot of excitement around it did you watch the, the any of the evo fighting no, tournament i didn't watch any of evo this year it was it was it was good i tu- i tuned in just for dragon ball fighter z i watched a little yeah that's what i would have wanted to have watched to be honest i think it's uh and it was really good yeah i think that a lot of people were interested in that game it's a very good looking game it's a very flashy game it's a fun game to watch uh mm-hmm. i'm not surprised that that was kind of the go-to for a lot of people yeah, I'm not. I'm not either. And it, I mean, it really did look good. It really was exciting. Um, it was probably the best finals in terms of like how it went. Like uh, uh, the the it was like a Dragon Ball episode where the the one the, like the one competitor got defeated and then he came back stronger because he was defeated and he you know he evolved like like Saiyans do or whatever. Um, and then in the end, he still still lost because the the other guy came back too. It was just a back and forth thing that made it really entertaining. Uh, and that game just feels like it is. Um, the future of fighting games for the foreseeable like couple of years. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of glad because I mean, Arc System kind of had this maybe bad habit of making some of their fighting games a little too complicated, doing too many systems. And this was the one they backed off that a little bit, and I think it just seems to be more successful because of it. So I, I almost kind of hope that's the direction they take going forward. And I think it yeah. is. I think cross even that cross battle one that they released not too long ago did a lot of the same things. Right. It's just smart. They 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 always wanted to appeal to the hardcore fighting fans that were their audience, but now I think they see the the, well, the opportunity like, in front of them. I think that still appeals to hardcore fighting game fans. I think they're even more oh, yeah. like but so sure. much of what makes these things interesting are things like the mix ups and a lot of these playing. It's not like not not like spending your special meter on six different like defensive abilities or like stat boosts. You know, it, it got it got out of control. Um. Okay. So let's see what's up next. Uh, yes, we were talking about this a little bit already, but uh, Fortnite, uh, you know, is is just like it does on on PC and skip Steam on Android. It is going to skip Google Play. Um, and Tim Sweeney came out and explicitly said uh, the thirty percent cut on Google Play doesn't make sense. It's it, we're not going to pay it. And um, doesn't make sense. He's like, right? Yeah. And it's like he can get away with doing it. People will play Fortnite. They'll find it and. And so basically, they're just, you're going to go to the Epic website, get the APK, which is like the Android version of an EXE, an, ex- an executable file, and you just install it that way, and it's going to work just fine um, because that's Android. I mean, you'll have to turn off one of the security options, but that you get that prompt automatically. So I think most people will be able to get over that hurdle, and and yeah, it's going to work. Um, but boy, it does feel like, and I think I think um, Rami uh, Rami Ismail pointed this out on Twitter. That's like Apple has this closed platform. This is not an option, an option to do on, on, on an iPhone. You have to go through the iStore because otherwise people have to dra- jailbreak their phones, which is a process that 99% of people, people are, are not going to do. Um, so Apple's getting rewarded for having that closed ecosystem. Google, who's, who's doing essentially, you know, 
the right thing is is a, a loaded term, but they're they're doing it's it's open as opposed to closed, and people prefer open systems. Uh, a lot of developers prefer open systems, and Google is losing out on that because they have an open system, so they're getting punished for it. They're not going to get that money, and so it's like. You do the it's right thing, yeah. and you miss out. It's like, yeah, it's like, okay, that's kind of stinks. Um, but see, you know, you can't really blame like, Epic. Yeah, you can't blame Epic, but it does stuff for Google because there's going to be a lot of Fortnite money, and they're not going right. to be getting much of that or any yeah, of they, that. <laughs> I don't think I can't imagine they'll get any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's just kind of a, a weird thing, you know. And they do they have built that platform, and it's I, I I kind of dislike Tim Sweeney putting like like fueling this idea that. The thirty percent cut for these platforms is uh, like a, a ripoff or, or like stealing from developers when it's like they've done a stealing, lot of work. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit rough. Yeah, yeah, and it's I mean it's definitely the you know it's definitely the, the terminology that's getting thrown out from people who aren't Tim Sweeney but listen to him. Uh, you know they've built this infrastructure, they've built you know they've established this audience for these games, or, you know for for this marketplace. Um, it's worth it for most people like you know most developers are going to benefit from going through google play and paying that fee uh and having everything else taken care of distribution and all this and server costs all that stuff um so yeah it, it just seems a bit uh, uncouth of tim sweeney to be out there kind of you know fuel, fueling that um we talked about fallout 76 uh, next up, I think we, I think we talked about Colin Kaepernick. We did talk about Colin Kaepernick a bit last week. Yeah. Uh, EA has apologized. Yeah. EA apologized. I'm not sure if we, if we mentioned that last week, uh, or if it was too soon. Yeah, we might have, but, uh, I just wanted to make sure that was clear. They apologized, put his name back in the game. Um, I think it's back in by now. Uh, and it, by, back in the game, I mean, back in the song that they had bleeped him from and they apologized and said it was a mistake. So yeah, that's cleared up. Finally, Artifact. That new Valve fantasy card game that is not free to play. Oh, sir. Co- Which I, I still forget sometimes that it's not free to play because you just assume with these things. Right. Well, yeah, you do. You know, I always have to, that's why six. I have to remind myself. Um, that is coming out in November, which is, I think it's a, I think the international is coming up soon and it's not going to be playable in beta form at the international, which I thought was weird. Uh, but I think they're going to do it at Gamescom instead, which is also weird. Um, so yeah, but I mean, it, it's coming, people will be able to play it soon and kind of see how it's going to go. And, and when it's out, you know, it's going to be this real test of the steam marketplace and collecting cards and selling cards to one another, you know, trading that it, it's way. It's very interesting because it's like, you simultaneously can't believe anything ever like com- really competing with Hearthstone. We also can't imagine Valve releasing a game like this and not it, it's not being some kind of giant hit, right? Right, it's difficult to imagine that future. It seems like, I mean, you just think about like the way trading cards are like this secret money success. Like indie games, like a lot of times, just wanted to like not indie games, but like these like those asset flip games. A lot of times, they just wanted to get on Steam because then they could sell trading cards and make money that way. Uh, and you know, Valve has has put the kibosh on that and sort of stopped that. I was on a website the other day, like that, like has these bundles of indie games, and in a huge banner on each game, it says whether or not it has trading cards. Uh, so it's like, okay, clearly that's still a big deal. Uh, so if it's just these meaningless trading cards are a great way for Valve to make money, I imagine building a card game around that that has the same trading mechanics and the same you know uh, store mechanics. It's going to be just massive, a huge moneymaker, but we'll see. The game has to be good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that out. I think that does it for the news, though, Mike. Uh, I think it's time to get out of here. I have a dick um, apparently. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to d- disobey Cliff. You can't disobey Cliff. 
All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and have you tell people where they could find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter, where I'm not getting into fights with famous game developers at Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. I guess you can find me when I'm doing that also. I swear I don't do that. It's, it's so not me. Uh. <laughs> that, you're, he's not lying. That's not you. Like, I, I was legitimately surprised when I saw that. Yeah, like, this I, is more a Jeff move than a Mike move. Yeah, well, I guess I have my boundaries. But uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm always at GamesBeats at GamesBeat.com. And I do the Exploding Barrel podcast with my brother at EBPodcast.com. And I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Hit me up there anytime. I'm usually yelling at people or having people yell at me. And that's all fine. I understand. Uh, on YouTube, YouTube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. I've been putting my Twitch archives up there. Um, I played like Dead Cells this week on twitch.tv slash Jeff Grubb and then the archive of that with the Twitch integration is up you can watch that there it is uh, really interesting that actually works really well and that's only in the PC version I think I would assume um, it's, it's really cool stuff um, and then yeah I, like I said I'm going to be at PAX West so definitely come out for that um, I would love to see you guys there Saturday at 7pm I think that's like August for, or September 1st right Yes, because it's August right now. Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, that seems right. So, yeah, it's at the end of this month, the beginning of next month, in Seattle. Um, I'm going to have to practice, though, Mike. I'm going to have to start thinking. What are you going to practice? I have no idea. We should definitely do another uh, Mega Man. Oh, man, what if it's Mega Man 3? That's going to be so great, and I, like, help. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, we do some Rocky music and stuff. I'm going to wear my my, uh, Atari hat with the speakers in it. Yeah. Good, yeah. It's going to be good stuff. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you next week. Bye.